Well, 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 welcome back to the Kiss Ascendancy. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. So, we are on episode double X, the Doxekis, uh, episode 20. Episode 20, y'all. Here we are. So today is the 20th episode of our podcast. It's 2020. We're going to talk about our 20 favorite non-Force user characters. Yeah, tell them what they want, Josiah, in the form of these overalls. Well, the common folk, the non-Force users, the non-benders, if you're an Avatar fan. Uh, so I wanted to dress like, you know, the backbone of America, the farming community. And uh, Norse, no store does more than my HEV. So this is the... I make your corn. Uh, but I wanted to wear an outfit that kind of shows that the same way that the farming community has for a long time been the backbone of America, that's a uh, non-force users community, the backbone of the galaxy. We could not have Star Wars without non-force users. Reminds me of the campaign where Will Ferrell's going to like community community. He's like, the farmers are the backbone of this community. He's <laughs> yeah. like the the stock exchange is the backbone of this community. <laughs> yeah. And then they get like really specific. He's like, the carnival workers are the backbone of this community. Not the backbone. Backbone. Um, so here's a little tri- uh, a tip for you, though. If you are in the uh, market for some overalls. <laughs> Do we have people watching in Nebraska? Um, if you <laughs> <Not> are. anymore. <laughs> That's enough. Hey, how do Sorry, I Modesta. How do Sorry, I t- Grandpa Lou. <laughs> how, do I, how do I turn this telecast off with my remote? It's a clicker. Corn. <laughs> Grandpa, you're holding corn! <laughs> hey, our family's from Nebraska, so I can riff on them a little bit. Um, but if you are in the market for some overalls, make sure you get the waist about four inches bigger than your normal waist because you've got to include the paunch. So you got to remember, it's not just your uh, waist, it's your girth. Or your uh, fupa. As some people say. Uh, so, we're going to get into this. Our top 20 non-force user characters. Now, you might be thinking, oh yeah, that's easy. Top 20, who's the strongest? Who's the this? Who's the that? So, so explain a little bit. Uh, we had some stipulations. We had, you know, we're making our loins. Uh, we were making, making our, our loins. We are making our lists. We were and, making uh, our loins. I was thinking droids, because that's where my mind's going next. And, droids. Uh, we have no droids, no clones, uh, just because the droids technically aren't sentient, and clones, you could have a list of just 20 favorite clones. We didn't want to do the injustice of, at number five, all clone troopers, because Clone right. Wars is very, very preachy and specific about... Right. Different in the Force, are you? Right. So we didn't want to... We didn't want to shortchange the... Clones, and we didn't want to shortchange the rest of the galaxy by giving so many spaces to clones. Well, to make sure that we, yeah, it's not top 50, it's top 20. Right. Because it's the 20th episode, and we're in 2020. So we we were thinking, who are the top 20 that we really, you know, these are our favorites. And so when I was looking online and just doing research and thinking, who are non-force users that I know of, and this, this, and this, well... When you look up other people's lists, it's like, all right, number one through seven, Rex, five, Echo, Gregor, Cody, Gree, Bakara. Like, you could just go on forever. I could name 20 clone troopers off the top of my head that I really like. And so we didn't want to have them hog up the Y'all list. did. And we, I know, I was trying to go for seven. Uh, but we also didn't want to discredit them and say clones because they yeah, are separate. They exactly. are different. 
Um, so this will not include clones, and this will not include droids. So these are humans and other alien species who are completely sentient, who are heroes or villains, and integral. Right. Also, the... let's be clear. Uh, at some point when we're making the list, some, for some reason in my mind, I was like, well, this character is really important. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this character, you know, really added a lot to this time or whatever. Screw that. Uh, there are a lot of important characters, but those important characters aren't necessarily my favorite. Right. And I don't have to justify it. Don't make me, don't make me fight you. Yeah. Don't make me kill you. Well, we, <laughs> we were um, we were talking specifically about Bale Organa. Yeah. And I was Bale like, Organa is where the real turning point was because I was like, this guy's really important, but, super influential. But then I was but thinking, I was like, he's. I really like this character. Right. So. And when you're only talking about twenty, and you're talking about like hundreds of hours of content at this point. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, we were going... We didn't really do comics or books, mm-hmm. uh, but we did TV, movies. Yeah, we tried to stick pretty mainline. Yeah. Um, and then just the faves. So you want to go... You want to start at 20 and go down? Yeah, we'll start at 20 and go down. Cool. Also, before we do that, uh-huh. a little bit of news for you. Ah! Yeah. Yes. Before we forget. Are you trying to do the news sound? On Dateline. da 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 uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. They're looking, they by, I mean, I mean Star Wars and Lucasfilm, are looking to cast a live action version of both Thrawn and Ezra. So, I guess Josiah found a loophole. He's it's, not here yet, but this is done. just a little treat to get you excited <laughs> about what's going to happen if I see Thrawn on the big or little screen uh, in live action. Lucasfilm, if, again, if by some small miracle you come across this, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch would be the perfect choice for a Grand Admiral Thrawn. He would be amazing. Also, I think that Tom Hiddleston, except for I don't want Tom Hiddleston because he's already done Loki. I, I Does that think, make sense? Yeah. I think Benedict, for sure, number one. Also, uh... Is my thing twisted? Yeah, uh, yes. Dad. I think Tom Holland would be a good Ezra. He's got just kind of that springy personality. Uh, he's annoying. Yeah. He's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's... Uh, I'll tell you who he would He would do. be physically capable of doing the role justice. Yeah. And don't go get Andrew Garfield, because he sucks. But if we don't... But if we don't get Tom Holland, we will settle for Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. I have... Uh, Tobey Maguire would be a sick Ezra. I have a nephew. My oldest brother uh, has a son. His name's Colton. And... Uh, I was in charge of Cold watching him for like two weeks when he came and stayed with us when I lived out west. And uh, I would just train him like every day. I'd be like, all right, who is the best Spider-Man? Because I knew I was going to send him back to my brother eventually. <laughs> and uh, the answer that he was trained to give back to me was Toby Maguire. But that was a little bit hard for him to wrap his mind around. So it came out, Tommy Mingwile. And I was like, that is correct, Colton. Anyway, so I sent him home and I was like, hey, Sean, ask Colton who his favorite Spider-Man is. And Sean was like, he won't know the Spider-Man by name. I was like, he might. He was wearing overalls. He might. Uh, anyway. So you, he asked him what he He never said. asked him. And I was really upset about that because I spent literally weeks. What a bum. Training his son to respond with Tobey Maguire. All right, let's jump in. All right. Because we're going to start explaining and let's do it. It could run long.
So, here we go. Alright, let me preface this, okay? At 20, some of y'all are going to go, I hate this already. And some of y'all are going to go, thank you for representing the people, Josiah. But I, uh, I fought tooth and nail because my 20th uh, person is none other than Josiah mm. fought more heartily for this character than literally any other character on the list. Yeah, because the other ones were like, no, okay. This was a personal preference, and that's why I said this is our list of our favorites. Yeah. Number 20, coming in hot, Misa back. Jar Jar Binks, holding it down at number 20. Pew, pew, pew. Now, here's the thing. Here's I'll give you a real quick reason why. Uh, to me, one, plays a huge role in the movies, even if you don't like him. He is the one that grants emergency powers to uh, Palpatine. Now, here's the thing. Samuel made a good point. Anybody else could have done that. But, guess what? But who else they was didn't. stupid enough? They didn't. Jar Jar did it. So, you're welcome. Um, so, Jar Jar's there. And I, here's what I hate about that is that Palpatine was like, if only someone were brave enough. <laughs> and Jar Jar was if like... If only there was someone in this room who were brave and stupid. You mean handsome? <laughs> if you had handsome ears, perhaps two handsome eye stalks. Perhaps it looked like head. you constantly had three foot long springs attached to the bottom of your feet and hands. <laughs> what? You've never seen him walk? Oh, yeah. Looks like Conor McGregor out there. <laughs> Dang. See, that you heard it first. Jar Jar Binks reminds Samuel of Conor McGregor. Only when Conor's being on. purposefully inflammatory, which, um, yes, he pisses me off, too. Conor does? No, the walk. Like, Conor's oh, really? trying to piss off his opponent. Jar Jar pisses Dude. me off. It's effective. Um, here's, here's another reason why, okay? If you watch, there's a documentary, I believe it's still on YouTube, called The Beginning. It's a uh, behind the scenes of... George put high hopes. Okay, listen, character. listen. Um, high hopes. In this documentary... High in the sky, yeah, full of high, high, high hopes. So George Lucas says Jar Jar is the key to everything. And what he meant by that was partially because he is the connection to the Gungans who are very vital in the distraction from Naboo and all that stuff which is also true. But secondly, he means that this is the character that is silly that is going to catch the eye of the kids in the 1990s who are going to see a Star Wars movie for the first time in theaters. Now, love him or hate him, if you're a young person, if you're if you're a millennial or on the younger end of millennial, if you're now a millennial person, <laughs> if you're on the younger end of the millennial spectrum, which is myself, um, you went to the theater, and most of us came out really liking Jar Jar. Now, Samuel remembers liking Jar Jar because my dad didn't like Jar Jar. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Which, it was, it still is funny. It is funny. We should bring him in I, just for this. If my dad were here, I would tell him how much I love Jar Jar. But because I, <laughs> I remember for years, and sometimes, even nowadays, if I go swimming and there's a diving board, you better believe I'm going to hit that thing as hard as I can and try to do the craziest flip I can to recreate Jar Jar's epic flip into the underworld of Odagunga. So, um, 
he just, he did, he captured my imagination. He did silly things. I liked his long tongue. And he was just, he was hilarious. And so now these millennial fans, these young people have grown up and there's a lot of people that Revenge of the Sith is their favorite Star Wars movie, point blank. That's it. There's a lot of people that believe that the sequ- or that the prequels are the most rewatchable trilogy. And that's just their, that's how they feel about it. That's their opinion. And there's going to be a ton of people out there that, that's, that gets them butthurt and they like the original trilogy and that's fine. But Jar Jar was something that I thought was hilarious. It was something that was endearing to me about episode one. Um, and as you get older... You you hold on to the Qui-Gons and the Darth Mauls. It's kind of like Jar Jar is to Star Wars what Kramer is to Seinfeld. You come for the Kramer, you stay for the George. Kramer's crazy. Dude, you and I He's... agree about George, but that analogy might not track. What do you mean? I know that you and I really like George, but yeah. a lot of people, Kramer's for Kramer. Like they're, They come yeah. for the Kramer and they stay for the Kramer. Well, but this is... Me and your podcast. <laughs> so our opinion is what is hurt. Uh, if you do ask me, I will tell you, I think George is the funniest character. George the is the funniest character. And that's the thing is, you don't re-watch The Phantom Menace for Jar Jar now. You watch it for the epic fight scenes. You watch it for... I still like the politics in it. I know some people think that's boring. For John Williams. I watch it for... Yeah, I listen... I, I watch for Duel of the Fates. I watch for Qui-Gon. And I look at... Man, he just... He just he is tapped into the freaking force and nobody even knows it right now. That's what I watch it for now. But as a kid, I was like, this one has Jar Jar in it. And so, like him or hate him, he's on my list. And Sam was very gracious to allow him on the list after about an hour of arguing. And so he's at number 20. We settled for 20 out of 20 is Jar Jar Binks. All right, number 19. The floor will now recognize the senator from... Wherever you're from. I'm from Texas. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I, uh, planet-wise. <laughs> Earth. The planet of Earth. Uh, Why does the Trade Federation and other businesses have a seat in the Senate? That's when you know it's freaking corrupt. I've seen a meme where it's like, yeah, Star Wars is unrealistic to allow large corporations to have a place in the Senate. And then somebody uh, attached a picture of, I think it was a, uh, a soldier from, uh, what's that uh, Mel Gibson movie, uh, Patriot? Yeah. And it said, laughs in British. And he's like, <laughs> that's true. Because that's what the British did. Uh so number 19, maybe also just as divisive, but I think he is important to Star Wars and love him or hate him. He's a big baller in every sense of the word. I don't think this is divisive at all. I think everybody really has a place in their heart, even if it's a place of hate for this character. Yeah, I think the place of hate is uh, rampant. But uh, Jabba the Hutt. Oh, 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 Easily oh, oh. the most influential hut. The Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> of Star Wars. There, I said it. Oh. It's true. It's true. Well, nobody said he committed suicide. Yeah, well, he was killed by strangulation. The creative crea- so. distraction outside. <laughs> Kill him inside. Hmm? Jabba's dead? Nobody knows how. He was in isolation. Don't even get me started. I'll get super political super fast on if here. If that person burns hut. down, this analogy is going to go all the way. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Job of the Hut. Job of um, the Hut. He's the big character. He's literally a you huge love to character. Hate him. But Integral. he makes the world go around. He is the reason that. For the season. He is the reason that <laughs> Qui Gon got away with getting Anakin because he was the threat. You want to take this up to the huts? Yeah. Motto's like. Ugh. Waddle did Instantly make the list, deflated. but we did lo- we do love Watto. 
Um, yeah, Jabba's Jabba's a, a massive part of Star Wars. I keep making these big references. Right. He's a huge guy, but I mean, I I love. He's what ropes Boba Fett in in the original trilogy. He's interested in getting him there for the huts. He's the reason that Han was so willing to take yeah. passengers out to a now destroyed planet. He needed the money. Yeah, it was. He's Jabba the... plays such a big part yeah, in all for of sure. the role. Yep. Like. Without Jabba, here, I'm going to say it. Without Jabba, the Rebellion never would have won the war. Ooh, we're getting risky, huh? Dang, that's a very bold claim for you shooting down my bold claim earlier. But think about it. Yeah. Without Jabba, Han never would have been there. Han just need the money. Luke never would have gotten to the Rebellion. Those two people single-handedly won them their first big battle. Oh, yeah. You got Luke, and then you got Han. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a bold claim. A bold claim to quote Count Dooku. But anyway, yeah, pretty good take. I, I agree. Nineteenth place, Jabba the Hutt. All right, you can you can have eighteen as well because this is your. Guy. Oh yeah, eighteen is a hundred percent my. Uh, yeah, this is my Jar Jar contribution. Also, you're welcome for not making you have nineteen when I had twenty. But go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> eighteen. I wanted Newt Gunray. Newt Gunray. I wanted him. I was just thinking about influential characters again, but then I was like, I was thinking about it more. He's so quotable. I was like, I quote Newt Gunray at least as much as I quote any other Star Wars character. For sure. It's like, um, I mean, I think of that all the time. I think, uh, so for those of you who don't know me personally, I have two kids. One's almost three, and then our youngest just turned one. Mm. And when you have one kid, when you have no kids, it's it's easy breezy. When you have one kid, once they get to like three or four months, once you get get a routine going... Easy peasy. Now there are two of them. Yeah. And it's wild. And it Adam has hand. four. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Any plans for five? No. <laughs> Gonna go for a nice round half a tin? Yeah, you need a, you need a basketball team. We got six. We're good. <laughs> There's six of us. It's now there good. are four of them. Six total. You include the parent. <laughs> like, what if he's like, two of them? Interesting. <laughs> Only two Sith Lords. <laughs> like New Gunner just starts unravel the whole plan. Oh my God, they Sith Lord! <laughs> we have to contact the Republic immediately. This is a huge. <laughs> Sorry, I mean he has an Asian accent. Yeah, what he, am I gonna do? Uh, that's so pretty much what he sounds like. All right, number seventeen. All right, I'll let you guys guess. We're gonna do like a door of the Explorer thing where I'm gonna tell you the answer five seconds later. Who is it? Me too. <laughs> the Rebellion <laughs> lies. But call it. It's Sagarera. Sagarera. Good job. Yeah. You. Where are we going? To Sagarera's house. Where's there a bomb? At Sagarera's house. He's an extremist. Um, yeah, Sagarera, played by Forrest Whitaker. Dude, Sagarera, why don't we have a, a figure of him in the 6-inch or in the, bla- in the, the vintage collection? Dude, what a cool character. I, I don't know. I loved... Uh, I liked Rogue One. But there were... Oh, I just remembered one. I am so upset right now. Orson Krennic. I thought about him. He's not you going to talk to me. about him, but you yeah. would have mentioned it. I would have taken him over over Jabba. Just personal preference. I thought you were going to say Jar Jar, and I was like, man, I should have said something. <laughs> I like Jar Jar more just nostalgia-wise. I... But I, Orson Krennic is dope. And he's even cooler if you have read the novel um, Catalyst. Right. Which is He's a, a cool to character. I but also I've read the most recent 
Thrawn, second most recent Thrawn book? Most recent Thrawn, yeah. That's yeah. the one with Krennic. Yep. And uh, he Super is tool. Just, he is a spooby and a half. Yep. Hate him to death. But, uh, so back to Saw. Saw's a really cool character. I would have traded Krennic for Saw, actually, personally. I really like Krennic. He's um, got a cool name. He has a cool name. There's the ben, Krennic. Ben Mendelsohn is a great. Krennic uh, River. Oh, really? Yeah. It's uh, up up north. Mm. So Saw Gerrera, super cool character, and also very, very influential in the Rebellion. And uh, he's one of the only characters. He, well, first of all, he's the first character to be a cartoon first and get the live-action treatment. He was in Clone Wars, and then he was in Rogue One. When was he in Clone Wars? He, uh, they're on Onveron. His sister dies. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Saw Gerrera. Oh, Saw Gerrera. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Krennic still. No, 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 sorry. Saw Gerrera is the first character to be a cartoon first, yes. and then live action. Yes, yes, yes. So that's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. Pretty cool little... Sometimes it happens backwards, like, oh, Darth Maul's a Clone Wars character now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Saw Gerrera, very cool. Force, I think Force Whitaker did a great job. I wish we could have gotten more of Saw in Rogue One. I would not mind at all to see him back in the Cassian Andor I series. I like the way that he died, though. It was very soft. Oh, for sure. For sure. He was like, this is my bed. I'm sleeping in it. Yeah, he was I was tired. born in this hole. <laughs> I'm going to die in this hole. Dude. He, was, he was good in Fallen Order as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, Saw Gerrera is a very cool character. Man, he has transcended... He's a cool character. He has a small role in a lot I of stuff. I like that he was basically the the vehicle that allowed us to get to the extremist side of, of the rebellion, the rebellion yeah. where you actually see them as more of like a guerrilla style. Uh, you remember in Rogue One, right at the unit. beginning, you see Cassian, and you're like, "Okay, yeah, so yeah, here's yeah, the yeah. guy," and He's then he dirty. has to he has to kill the informant because the informant has a busted leg and can't get out and yeah. he knows the guy's a mouse yeah. you know that he'd squeal and so he just shoots him and I remember thinking like I don't know that was my first yeah that was wild yeah and then you gotta think that Cassian considered Saw Gerrera an extremist yeah no Saw's done some weird yeah. crazy things He so he's been in cartoons he's been in live action he's, he's been in video man. games he's been in obviously novels if you count the Rogue One novelization and I'm pretty sure he's been in comics. So he's uh, he's made the rounds. Yeah. Saw Gerrera, number 17. Number uh, 16. I'll take this one. Go for it. Uh, we're talking about Kuil. I have spoken. Easily the best Ugnaught ever. Sorry. I wasn't able to step out and have a cigarette before I did uh, this. Because but... every other Ugnaught basically sucks. Yeah. Because uh, re- I think you really only see them at length in uh, Empire. Yeah. They're in Rebels, too. Um, but Quill ha- breaks the language barrier, right? Which is a big you deal. You see him, and he's just like Mister Miyagi of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just kind of zen. He's seen how all the pieces fit together. Almost makes you wonder if he might be a little force sensitive. What? I think he's just. I think he's just old enough, and he's wise. You know, well, he's I mean? earned what he knows with the work of his hands. Right. That's my Nick Nolte. Yeah, he's, he's he just a cool was character. super awesome. Um, in The Mandalorian, there's that moment where obviously his people have been enslaved by the Empire. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gives you an inside look because Cara Dune doesn't trust him. But that's so strange because it's like, it's not this guy's fault. Right. You know, like they enslaved the Wookiees. It makes you wonder if Cara would have met a Wookiee that wasn't rebellion first or whatever. Mm. Would she be like, oh, I don't trust you because you've worked with the Empire? I don't know. It was just very, it was very judgy of I her. I think maybe the Ugnaughts are just kind of a more... Uh, they're kind of more for personal gain yeah, a lot of times. kind of more of a sneaky species, whereas the Wookiees, you know, none of them would willingly serve yeah. the Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you have Quill, and she's like, 
can we trust this guy? And she's like, well, what are you doing? She, she thinks he just survived the fall of the empire. Yeah. And he says, I bought my freedom with the work of my hands. He's cool. Because and then the crib like, breaks. Yeah. And he goes, now you will see that one can earn their freedom with the work of their hands. Yeah. He's cool. Because what a cool. I was like, he's, he's just, uh, he's like everybody's friend. And everybody is a little suspicious of him at one point, but he's always right. He's, yeah. He's just noble to the he's core. A, he's a peacemaker. I like that. I love Quill. Cool character. I he need deserves Quill to be a black series figure. No. Okay. Right. I'll go next because yeah. I really fought for this character. Not fought. Which is but... interesting because of how much I liked him when I was a kid, but. Yeah. Number 15. Bosk. I love Bosk. Um, I'm a sucker for... I think he is a cool character. Fighters. I'm a sucker yeah, for, sure. for bounty hunters because Boba Fett is my favorite character. And um, Bosk is really cool. It's also cool to go back and reread the old comics and books and things because of his rivalry with Boba Fett, which mm-hmm. is more of a friendship in the new canon with Clone Wars and whatnot. Which is kind of... And everybody needs a rival, but... Yeah, I and still maybe, I still like what they did with him, especially in the Clone Wars. I yeah. think it was very cool. You got a problem with Boba? You got a problem with me? <laughs> yeah, Bosk is just a super cool character, and then they kind of, um, not that they unpack it like story wise, but just his abilities in Battlefront mm-hmm. are really cool because you start you get to use his infrared vision. Right, um, it's cool those, that they like give you the. They really flesh out yeah his species specific species abilities, um, which is uh, Trandoshan. It's really cool because you have the you have those bombs you can throw and he can walk straight through them, but nobody but everybody else dies, like just super cool. It really makes me feel like if this guy, it's kind of like deductive reasoning. It's kind of like so if this guy is so hardcore, but Boba Fett was number one, it kind of almost does work for for on Boba's behalf how mm. good Bosk is. But I really like Bosk. I would love to see him more. Um, I'd love to see him I'd in like the Mandalorian or the Cassian series or something. You know, you see him be present, but you don't get to see him do a whole lot of stuff except for in the fight scenes uh, when they're breaking out of the prison in the uh, the box story arc where Obi-Wan fakes his death. Yeah. Yeah, it would be cool to see Bosk. I would love to see a live-action Bosk. Mm-hmm. And in, back in the day, whenever Which he was Which now in we Empire, know they can do for sure, for sure really well because of the live-action Trandoshans we got in the Mandalorian. Yeah, I wasn't super happy with their appearance, just face-wise. Um, yeah, they look kind of like uh, truncated snouts. You know, they were really shallow. Yeah, Bosk feels like it's more grown out. Yeah, more like a but pit bull. When you watch, um, when you watch the Clone Wars, there are definitely like Bosk is very tall and skinny and lanky, mm-hmm. and then there's bulkier ones. Or like, uh, you know, we see that one who is the foreman in the more recent episodes of the Clone Wars. You see the ones that were. Uh, and the crawlers in uh, right rebels off, in rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where I can't remember what planet, but yeah, there. It was it was uh, Kanan's home planet or uh, Ezra's home planet. Um, because they were doing Lothal. That. Lothal, sorry, not Ryloth. Sorry, I'm reading Lords of the Sith still, so my mind's on Ryloth. Uh, Fantastic book. Once you can get past all the gibberish and get to the Sith. Yeah, I was telling just I was like I expected this to be like eighty five percent Vader and Palpatine, and then the first three chapters were about you know a free Ryloth, and I'm like it's a cool story, not the story I wanted though. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, but yeah, Bosk. Yeah, I Bosk is on there. I would love to see more of that. So that's fifteen. So we have Jar Jar Jabba, Gunray, um, Sagrera, Quill. Number fifteen is Boss. Number fourteen. This is all you. Imbo is my dude. Uh, 
I don't I, even know the honestly until this podcast I did not realize how enthralled you were with Imbo. I just think he's a cool character, man. He, he is just, cool. He's just high on my list. I, he's just like the It's so warm in this pouch. I'm like a, my own kangaroo mom. Uh wow, I'm going to try and stay focused on what I was thinking. Um because I could unpack that to such a depth. Imbo, go ahead. <laughs> Imbo. I think I've always just kind of been attracted to Imbo? the character that has like the characteristics of a strong silent type. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just He's like a monk. Yeah, there's just like this cool vibe that, you know, goes along with a, a person who's so secure that they don't need to talk, they just take care of their business. And nobody needs them to talk to know that they're gonna handle their business. You know what I mean? Like That's what's kinda cool about Boba Fett. Um It's now it's Star Wars fans nowadays. But back in the day, it was like, I don't need to know that much. I know that Vader says he's the best, so right. he's the best. Uh, and now it's like, we didn't see him do anything. We to didn't give see you him a, blah, 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 blah. a little Marvel parallel, Iron Fist and Black Panther were kind of in this vein. Originally, now they both, if you watch the Defender series on Netflix, they ruined Iron Fist. You'll never convince me otherwise. Um, and they kind of took over... But T'Challa is still a very strong silent type. Yeah, but, I don't know, He they kind of took more of an activist stance, you know, so he's more, you know, pushing a stance for sure, for but sure. But if you have Disney Plus and you watch uh, but if you Avengers, watch, Earth, Mightiest Heroes... Yeah, he's, like, almost never talking. Yeah. Um, which I'm, like, not telling him to shut up, but, like, that's how the original character was. No, it's cool, yeah, his, his actions speak louder. Right. Yeah, I get it. Um... So I think that those kinds of characters are really cool. And you don't get a lot of those in Star Wars, especially in Clone Wars, because so much of it is um, not even just action-based, but ideologically based. You know, like they're constantly trying to push an idea that starts at the very beginning when they give you that little proverb. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can tell where they, the episode's going. You can tell who they're trying to, you know, boost or, you know, what idea they're actually trying to have in the underlying sense of the story yeah. even while the story itself is playing out. Dude, imagine... Um, because Mando definitely has that strong silent type. Yeah, vibe especially for like sure. the first three episodes. So yeah, he's like, no, yeah, need to poop. Like they're just like he doesn't say anything. Imagine season two of the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian and Embo team up, and there's no dialogue, no dialogue the at whole, all the whole episode. That would be cool. That would be a very cool niche. I would dig it. It's I'd be, kind it'd be of like, like watching a, uh, a super cool. It wouldn't be silent, like it wouldn't be a silent movie, but it'd be just action. Just you know what I mean? I forget what the name of the movie is, um, but there's a, a movie where Jim Carrey plays a character that doesn't talk at all, hmm. but he's still. Wow, hilarious. that's got to be a freaking hard for him. Well, it, that's the thing is that they cast him because he is he's so, so amusing, yeah. just with his facial expressions and his body language and the way that he can still communicate. Like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it can be done. I'd love to see it, though. But it would be cool. Like, there could be other dialogue. But imagine between the Mando and Embo, there's not a singular word shared. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, they walk away and they're just like this. Yeah, it's like Ron Swanson. He's like, my favorite co-worker I worked, for with three, worked with for three years. We never even learned each other's names. Best friend I ever had. We still never talk sometimes. That's really funny. That would, that'd be the Mando and Embo right there. Okay, so Imbo at number 14. This next one's all you, bro. Yes, it is. Uh, Padme made it the list. She was my addition from the get. I think Josiah put her on the list without even asking me because he knew I wanted her on there. I knew you'd, yeah, you'd fight for her. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I don't even have words, man. 
She just belongs there. She's she's pretty impressive. She's important to the story. She uh, both the political and the underlying aspects, especially with Anakin since Star Wars is the Skywalker saga. Right. Um, right. You know, she's important to that. Without Padme, we don't have Luke or Leia. Um, and she does a lot of impressive things without the use of the Force. Also, super attractive. So Doesn't that's hurt. my contribution. Yeah, I think Padme is important. I think that she's. Uh... There's a couple of books that have been out, and one, another one's coming out, but Queen's Shadow was the first one, and like Queen's Peril, I think, is the new one coming out by E.K. Johnston, I want to say. But I need to, uh, I definitely need to read those. I'll be completely honest, I like Padme as a character, but she's never been a character that I'm like, I need to watch this, I need to read this, you know what I mean? And so, but I every time I see something like with her in it, or I read a book and she's a part of it, like she was in the Thrawn uh, Alliances mm-hmm. book, and she had a, she had a cool role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if it's a book or cartoon series, I'm like, I'll watch it, I guess. But if it's uh, if it's Natalie, if it's Natalie, all right, I'll go twelve. Number twelve. Uh, this is pretty impressive considering uh, the lack of time on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Din Jaren, yeah, AKA the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Um, AKA pretty high. The child's baby daddy. The child's baby daddy. You are a clan of two. Clan of the rhinoceroses. Um, but yeah, Mudhorn. Uh, Mandalorian, super cool, strong silent type, high hopes for seasons two and three. I know two is pretty much wrapping up mm-hmm. or they're finishing it and then three's already been green lit. Yeah. I'm very excited. It's Let's cool to thing. see such a renegade character, um, especially one that was like created out of chaos, have such a strong moral compass. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it's weird because, yeah, he has a – he – I don't know. It's so strange because in the Clone Wars, you're like, oh, yeah, Death Watch, they're the worst. And here they are saving this orphan. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. Yeah. I think it's cool how – It makes me wonder, like, if – More if, recently, Stars has been rounding out those aspects of the story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you see Death Watch actually doing good stuff and the people that are underneath the overhang of Death Watch that actually believe that it's good, you know, like – Yeah, like, what do you think cause. would happen – what do you think would have happened if Pre Vizsla had his way and they became like more of a militarized people without Maul's influence? Makes you think. Makes you think. You know what, you know what I mean? It's definitely. If they were lines. doing, if they were, if they were, um, if they were armed and, and using weapons for good, right? You know what I mean? Right. Well, and it, you kind of see. You that only as well. see it for bad because because you see the you figure see it from head. Yeah, yeah, you see it from Obi Wan's perspective um, and all that. And then I mean, you kind of see that stuff as well in the Clone Wars series where. Uh, you see Padme secretly meeting with some of her Separatist friends, you know, who she knew before the Separatist alliance happened, mm-hmm. um, that there are people there that actually believe they're doing the right thing. You know right. what I mean? So it right. it definitely shows the whole picture. So Mandalorian's super cool. Um, speaking of Death Watch. Speaking of Death Watch, number 11. Pre Vizsla. Pre Vizsla. Super cool character. Super cool character. John Favreau's first entry into the Star Wars world, voicing Pre Vizsla. Um, he's the owner of the now legendary Dark Saber, the, mm-hmm. the black lightsaber that was hundreds, if not thousands, of years old, created by Tar Vizsla. And so, uh, man, what an iconic character. Yeah. Um, he's a cool. Holds character. his own against actual Force users. Yeah, very impressive. I mean, he, against Obi Wan, he beats Obi Wan basically. Yeah. Um, I think Obi Wan was disarmed. Yeah, was disarmed for a lot of it. Um, no. But then you have—I mean, he's one of those guys where I would love to have known what would have happened. I still think Mace would beat Jango Fett, but I would love to see what would happen if he didn't have his messed up jetpack. Clearly, he's going okay. I'm shooting. I'm shooting. I'm shooting. Now I'm gonna fly. Oh wait, no yeah. jetpack. <laughs> Heads cut off. Yeah. 
So what does it look like if if uh, if Previsla's jetpack does not malfunction right. or get destroyed against Maul? When you see, I mean, there's no question that Maul was going to win that for fight. For sure, you know. But at the same Just time, so impressive that he nobody else fight. in the room would have held their own for that long. Yeah, no way. And he, um, I mean, he actually wounds him. And yeah. So they're trading blows. Also, just one of those really cool, um, like anarchist type characters that I enjoy because they believe in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. I wonder if that's he, my favorite type of villain. I don't think. I mean, I guess he did. Here's the thing: he does evil stuff. He works with Maul. He works with Count Dooku. But the end goal really is just to take Mandalore back to the glory days. And it right. makes me wonder if they got back there by their own means. What are they doing? Are they just warring out to the highest bidder sort of thing? I don't know. Uh, glory and war, I guess. But I just don't see being like, okay, there's a hundred of us, and for a million dollars, all of us will die for these droids. Right. Like, it just makes it. It's very interesting to know. Yeah. He's an idealist. I just see like villains like Dooku, who Dooku is constantly contradicting himself. You know, to the people that know what he's actually doing. You know, you see him speaking to the masses of the separatists, and he's saying all these beautiful things. And then he goes back on him immediately as soon as that hologram projector is turned off. Yeah. But characters like Previsla... He's sticking to his guns. He's practicing what he preaches and he genuinely believes in what he's saying. It's not just an act. That's right. my favorite type of villain. Right. Yeah, he really thinks he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe selfishly motivated, but he thinks this is what's right. Yeah. While we're on this Mandalorian soul train, number 10, Jango Fett. Jango Fett. I do have a... Man, nobody's answered this yet. We've said it two or three times, but... So what the heck is a Mandalorian? If it's a creed, and... It's whatever the, you want it to be. The dude with the long neck from Mandalorian that's like, they were thugs, blah, 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 blah. His armor was stolen, nothing less. But anyways, um, Jango Fett, my eyes, Mandalorian for sure. If Din Djarin is, Jango Fett is a Mandalorian <laughs> for sure. Um, holds it down. The, the Mandalorians are all about legacy. Nobody's left a bigger, bigger legacy than Jango Fett. Jango Fett. I'm a boba over Jango Fett guy, but as far as legacy goes, Jango did it. Jango Fett's one of those characters in my book, like Jabba, who has an unsung role. I mean, his is obviously a lot bigger because he is the template for the clone army that was like the major key to overthrowing the Jedi. But yeah, I was thinking about this because... Um, I saw a question on a Facebook group or Instagram or something, and Jango is looking at Obi-Wan. He goes, they'll do their job. And the question was, do you think he knew about Order 66? No. Absolutely not. That would have been cool, though. If Maul didn't know about it until almost right before it happened, yeah, yeah, no way Jango knew. Yeah, no way you're going to give it to a guy who will sell it to the highest bidder. Yeah, especially since I don't even think Dooku knew everything that was going on, and Dooku was pretty much the guy that recruited Jango. Ooh, that's a good question. Dude, what if Dooku was included in Order 66? I think if Dooku knew, he would not have gotten trapped the way he did with Anakin. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I think Sidious on purpose played everything as close to his chest as possible. Very interesting. Sidious is just that kind of guy. But the freaking Kaminoans knew. Those slime. Kaminoans. They definitely knew. Can't be trusted. Okay, number nine. You go. Uh, I've kind of done the last few. Okay. Well, we'll go with Admiral Akbar at number nine. crap. <laughs> He should have died a better death. Man, R.I.P. Admiral Akbar should have died a better death. Man, I can go back and I can defend a lot of the stuff The Last Jedi does. That's not one of them. Can't stand it. Yeah, Admiral Akbar, um, one of my favorites growing up, still one of my favorites. What if he would have been the Force-sensitive one and he would have married Poppins back into the the safety of the ship? Or if they were going to kill him, why didn't they let him be the Admiral? You just completely don't even have Admiral Holdo. And Akbar's the one that's like, it's been an honor, princess. 
and yeah, he's the that one that flies. That would have been cool. And they called it an Akbar maneuver. That would have been that would have been worthy of. I'm right here, Lucasfilm. I'm right here. That would have been sick. Um, but he was amazing, legendary character, um, super bold. Like yeah. stood up straight up to the Empire and was like, "Shavet!" Like yeah. he, I just love his character. He's he's great in Clone Wars. Yeah, he's commanding the stands up to that straight out freaking, of his fish tank. Yeah, stands up to that freaking scary shark guy in the Clone Wars. Also, how cool is it that his is like the only cockpit in all of Star Wars that has like a full like one eighty degrees view, right? Nobody else. He's seeing what's going on directly beneath him. Which, if you want to talk like space physics, that's a relative term, but yeah, beneath where he's sitting, yeah, yeah, and he has that sick swivel chair. Mm-hmm. Looks um, comfy. It looks like he's getting his hair cut, but he doesn't have hair. Yeah, he's got the little footstool. Radis is cool. Radis could have possibly made the list, um, but the Mon Cal's man—they're just great. They are great. I would have loved if I had a freaking Bothan character, one to actually name. Yeah, Disney, come on, dude. We're not asking for much. <laughs> There's a whole Cassian show. I can't get one Bothan. I can't even get one on screen. What are we doing here? Mm. Are they going to turn? And then they're going to probably change their physiology. Can they even, can they freaking, can they turn invisible? Is that even a thing? Yes, it's a thing. Do it. The moral foxes of Star Wars. That is a deep cut. Okay. I got that and no one else did. Number eight. This is one of your guys, kind of. He's up there on my list as well, He's obviously. up there because he also wears a nice hat. Cad Bane. My boy Cad Bane. There's a lot of places, and I kind of have salt in my wound from it, but there's a lot of places that list him as the greatest bounty hunter of all time. You know what? He does the Duro species justice. Bosh. Oh. I don't think there's another single character that's a Duros that I actually care about. Do you remember in the original Battlefront, there's that character named Shriv? No. He's also in um, Resistance Reborn, the novelization before uh, Rise of Skywalker. Anyways, in the, I think it's in the original Battlefront. Um, not the original original, but the newer original one. Battlefront from 2015 or something. Oh, okay. 2017. I didn't play that one a whole lot. Um, he's, a, he's in that, I think. His name's Shriv. He's Duros. He's very like sarcastic. You'd like him. Um, scoundrel. You'd like him. So yeah, uh, dude, Cad Bane's super cool. He's a G. You just drop this super cowboy redneck, nice hat looking guy into Coruscant, which is the most city folk. Like you can tell he's like, these guys can't even know how to ride a horse. I gotta be around all these city folk. It's gonna be triple my rate. It's gonna be double. It's gonna cost you triple. It's gonna cost you triple me triple cheeseburger. Quadruple duku. Ben Quadrenero. Quintuple duku. Quen. What if he just kept going? I don't even know what the sixth one is. Six tuple. If it's six tuplets for babies, is it six tuple for money? I know that seven is sept. Septuple. Septuple. So six. So I don't know. Six tuple. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, freaking look at me, dude. Yeah, Cad Bane, legendary. Um, I we Now that Clone Wars is, is dead dead, it sucks, but I always wanted to see the actual footage from um, Boba Fett one-upping Cad Bane. Mm. You know? Because that's the transcendent moment where it's like, ah, oh, now he wears the hat. Mm. Which would be cool if Timothy, Fol- Timothy Oliphant does play uh, What's-His-Face and he has a hat. Full circle moment. Boba Fett's armor wearing a nice hat. Um, So he is number eight. Number seven. I'll take this one. 
Do it. When I was in middle school, we had a computer class. And one of the main rules that you get in trouble for real quick is, one, you're learning how to type, so don't take the cover off the keyboard, which yeah. I did every single day. And the next one was a don't change jacket. the freaking background because somebody might turn it into a, a lewd photo or whatever. I remember one time one of my friends was like, hey, watch this. And he was on Google and he started looking up like raunchy stuff. And I guess they had like an Insta filter. Like as soon as you looked up anything that was questionable, it's in the, an, an alert. So I remember one time we were in the computer lab and he was like, hey, watch this. He starts typing in like all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, I just see this, this old head raise up over the thing. It's like, we can see what you're looking at. And I was like, I like swiveled away from my friend Travis. Um, anyways, we were in the computer lab and they Dang. kept saying, Travis, meet underside of the bus, friend. Dude, I don't even know if that guy's alive anymore. This is middle school. Um, but uh, in middle school, they wouldn't let you change the background. And I did not give two craps. Every day until I saw Revenge of the Sith, I was making a background of General Grievous, the screensaver for that bad boy, and I would leave it. I wouldn't even change it back at the end of the period. I'd be like, someone's going to appreciate this. Uh, General Grievous is awesome. He's The coolest General Grievous is from the <clears throat> 2003, the original uh, Gindy 2D Clone Wars. Um, just Agreed. bad to the bone. Coolest Grabbing people's of, faces with his feet and slamming them to the ground. Taking on like six Jedis at a time. Doesn't give two craps. Um, and then in Revenge of the Sith, I mean... We were in, man, like fifth grade and third grade or sixth grade and third grade or Sodom or something. And freaking, not that he was held back, we're three years apart. And, uh, and dude, I remember sitting in that theater and when he just spread his legs out and did the, I was like, I know Obi-Wan lives, but how's it going to pull this off? I was just mesmerized. And he is a sick character. He's bad to the bone. General Grievous is by far the the strongest character on this list. I was about to say, arguably the most capable fighter, non-force user in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't even think it's arguable, to be honest. Like, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who can beat him in a fight. Like, I think maybe a character like Cad Bane, if he had, like, planning time, just because he's so slippy. He is pretty slippery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you see Cad Bane taking on uh, Quinlan Voss and Obi-Wan at the same time. That's very impressive. True. Yeah. Very strong characters. Yeah, I think he could. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the way to beat Grievous is to beat him from a distance. Right. But, I mean, who knows? We've never seen him. He always fights with the lightsaber. What if he was, like, a proficient freaking shooter? I mean, what if he, he was had, a sniper? He had blasters and stuff. Yeah, I know. But we always see him. He's always against Jedi. Right. Imagine you're such a good fighter that you're like, I'm just going to go for the... I'm just going to kill the main guys. I'm not even going to try to fight the freaking clone troopers. So, yeah, General Grievous. Number six. You go ahead and take this one because... We were just in such a rush. We probably started with 70 characters just between a list and naming them. And we were just whittling them down. And Samuel was like, do we have this yeah. next character? And we were like, how do we forget? I wanted to I wanted yeah. to my boy, myself. My boy, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. This dude makes the Imperial wheel go round. Yes. And he has the outer rim under his, his old crusty thumb. Yeah. This dude is bad to the bone. Do we know his first name? Will Huff. Fitting. Will Huff Tarkin. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Bad to the bone. And he is raw. He's super cool. uh, He's just a cool character, just super intimidating. He's He's really intelligent. Rogue One. Master politician, capable fighter, capable strategist. He's very well rounded. He's very well rounded. He is Thrawn with a a sweet tooth for politics. Yeah. Um, I mean, Thrawn's obviously the better strategist. But as far as the Empire goes, Mm You don't get more imperial than Grand Moff Tarkin. Right. Well, you and just if don't you have it. somebody 
it's like the list of people that Palpatine kept around mm-hmm. after Order 66 is this long. Yeah. And Tarkin is at If the you're top. only listening to audio, Samuel's fingers are nearly touching. Yeah, like a, a, a nanometer apart. Yeah. Uh, they, he is Who at the top they? the whole time. Yeah, he's at the top. And he's not just kept around. It's not like, well, I guess that guy can sweep the floor no right. matter what the he's regime it is. He's one of like uh, three people that Palpatine just lets him do whatever the heck he wants. Yeah. He lets him do, and he's the first, he was a moth, and he's like, you know what, how about Grand Moth, how's that sound? He's the first person to be given, like, that superior title. Yeah. He's, uh, if you think about it, he's like, you know what, basically we're running the whole core thing, why don't you just completely crush everyone in the outer rim, and just yeah. put them under my subjugation. Um, a champion, ruthless. Uh, a champion of the Death Star Project. And also crafty enough to work on other other things. And then as Krennic is starting to develop it, he goes, all right, I'll be taking that. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, I uh, like that he gives Krennic the shaft just because oh, I dude. don't like Krennic as a person. Yeah. Yeah, Krennic is the bully. And then Tarkin is the bully. Once the bully gets to <laughs> high school, that beats the crap out of the bully that just got to high school from middle school. Yes. Like there's a kid that's been giving you wedgies and he's been in eighth grade and you're a sixth grader the whole year. And then Tarkin's the next like year, the gym he's the teacher senior. that punches kids and gets away with it. Yeah. Tarkin is a baller. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's running the show. He's an enforcer. He's the gym teacher that'll be like, all right, everybody on dodgeball against Krennic. Yeah. Krennic, get against the wall. But he's the gym <laughs> teacher that's just super buff geometry teacher that's super smart <laughs> like he's not dumb right he's super smart but he's also got that gruff side which i think you would love i implore you yeah, after it's, it's on my list to read tarkin it's so good it's by james list. lucino and he's the guy that did plagueis that unpacked plagueis mm-hmm. so imagine mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but for my buddy will huff if you've met him yeah. all right so the list gets very familiar here on out let's do this top five um okay i'll jump into this one uh number five Smoother than a caramel shake, Lando Calrissian. Cinder, my love. Cinder, my love. Mm. I've been sending her my love on the regular. You just didn't know it, huh? <laughs> you want to know who my, Finn's... My, my, what have we here? You want to know who Finn's daddy is? You're looking at him. It's not just the Death Star that's operational, hand. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let me uh, get a better look at you. Yeah, he is a freaking baller. And uh, Lando is super cool. I love his arc. I love he just starts out super selfish, super by himself. That's yeah, what that he wants. That seems to be like the tagline of the rebellion. Yeah. Hey, do you hate everybody but yourself? Come fight for everyone else. Yeah. I don't know how they do it, but He's, they swing uh, the most selfish, capable folks in the galaxy. Yeah. He is um, a cooler... Han Solo. He's a he's a much more suave Han Solo. Yeah, and he's got the capes to match. Yeah, and the the dude. If they made a book that was called the Calrissian Chronicles, hundred percent chance of buying it, reading it. <laughs> Today I took a nap, but dude. not just any nap, a Calrissian nap, smooth. It was just super dope, dude. I yeah, that I, bit was really funny where he was like recording his own memoir. Yeah, super Lando, super Lando, and I would one hundred percent read it if they actually made it. I'd watch it if they made it like a series, like Heck literally yeah. just and Gambino 20, killed it. Twenty five minute episodes of this guy talking into a hollow recorder. I'd watch that all day. Yeah, Gambino killed it as Lando and Solo as well. Um, I'd love to watch you know his transformation into how he gets because he's super 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 poor and broken down on his luck in Rebels when they meet him and he's mm-hmm. like got one droid to his name um and then by the time he's an empire he freaking is in charge of a 
Dagum City. Yeah, Lando is the high risk, high reward master. He yeah. is either he up is to his who, nose in wealth, or yeah. he is absolutely destitute, and there is no in between. Yeah, he is who Han Solo thinks he is. Like the way that Han sells himself, that's Lando. Um, so yeah, Lando's super cool and a very capable fighter, and every time without fail. I could be watching a Rise of Skywalker trailer, and I'm, like, in tears watching Kylo and Rey and stuff. And as soon as I see Lando doing anything, I'm like, ha, 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 it's Lando. Like, he just makes me smile. And, uh, dude, I, yeah, whenever he's in that little miniature sand crawler and he goes, give Leia my love. Mm. I was like. Okay. I was almost <laughs> I was almost tearing up. I was like, dang, here he is. All these years later, he's still the same dude. Like, he, he. Just involves into a, such an awesome guy. Yeah. Awesome character. And Billy Dee's, he's awesome in real life, too. So I love Lando. Okay, you go ahead and take number four. He had to make the list. Your boy Chewbacca. Yeah. Chewie's easily number one, but one, two, and three are were tough. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think if you, like if you said, put a list really of 100. Familiar five on up. Yeah. I think if you put a list of 100 non-Force user characters, who's your favorite, and you just put it out there. Yeah, Chewie's always going to be Chewie's going to be number one, I think. If you just put it to the masses and you don't include droids or clones. Mm. I think even if you include droids and clones, he's up there in the top couple. But if it's from the list that we started with today, mm-hmm. Chewbacca hits number one every time, I think, for the masses. Yeah. Top five for sure. Yeah. Every time. For sure. So... Chewbacca. Chewbacca. What are you going to say? Chewbacca. Um, uh, what? He was like, what uh, else do you want? Yeah. yeah I, His resume is there's, there's itself. No, nothing else that needs to be said. The best hair in Star Wars. Yeah, always on point. The best outfit in Star Wars. Two for one. Best voice in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you could... He dude, is why, so articulate. Why is Head and Shoulders not having Chewbacca commercials? I don't know. He's clearly got... Two and one. The one-liners, because he's the only one that puts Han back on his heels. Yeah. He's like, yes, I do, every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love his laugh. Like, somebody makes fun of Han, he goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's and just he's lovable. Patient. He is lovable to the max. Chewbacca uh, can do no wrong. I think he's like the one character in all of Star Wars that never makes a mistake, except for maybe that one time in Empire, no. where Han's like, no, this one goes there, that one goes there, right? <laughs> That's what I was doing, Han, you <laughs> uh, Yeah, and then whenever... Uh, Luke's getting ready to leave and Chewbacca grabs him by the shoulder and pulls him in for a massive hug. Mm. I've wanted that hug since I was like five. So he's number four on our list. Number three. Josiah fought for him. He's there. I didn't necessarily fight for him. We were making the list and we were discussing every single option except for we got to this one and Josiah didn't even ask for my input. He's like, oh, we were discussing. Yeah, we were discussing if they make the list and yeah. I was like, you know, there was ones I was like, okay, obviously Han Solo, right? right. And you're like, yes. And I'm like, obviously this. And you're like, yeah. But this was the one that I was like, Boba Fett, check. Uh, one, he's check, my favorite check, Star Wars character. Check, check. Um, you know, he's my favorite. What do you want me to say? He's, uh... Again, you kind of go back to what's his competition, and he's number one. You know what I mean? Like, you could never know who Michael Jordan was, and I could show you highlights of, like, the Charles Barkleys and the John Stocktons and the Carl Malones and the Tre- Clyde Drexlers and the Magic Johnsons and the Larry Birds and the, all these other people, Dominique Wilkins, all these people, and go... Now imagine a guy who was better than all of those. And you go, oh my God. And I go, yes, he's Michael Jordan. And you'd be like, well, he must be the best. That's Boba Fett. Like, I know that people are just, he, he got taken out like a punk. I'm just sick of that crap. But imagine a guy. He got kind of an Akbar uh, ending. Yeah, he really did. Honest. Yeah, George kind of gave him the shaft. And George admitted 
yeah, he would have definitely survived, but I felt like uh, portraying that in Jedi would have been taking away from the point of the movie. Why is George Kermit the frog today? He's turning more into <laughs> Kermit as I go. Yeah, he definitely survived, but uh, Miss Piggy was upset at me that day, so we did not continue filming. No, but yeah, Boba Fett, uh, I get the whole thing, but I'm, I, in a way, I'm like, I don't need him to, to fit your narrative. He is who he is. Um, so Boba Fett, he's my favorite character of all time. Um, he's definitely got the strong, silent type character going on. Do you ever see anybody dethroning Boba Fett in your heart? <sighs> Kylo Ren. Kylo's up there, man. I love Kylo Ren. All right, Luke, so I'm trying to make it happen. But his story's over. So, Maybe. I mean, if they do... I guess still got to see do... all the stuff between the end of the comic series to now. I know. They could maybe... Um... Also, I'd like to have a book that takes place between 7 and 8. Yeah, that would be sweet. I'm I would like to it. see what the completion of his training entails. i like to see all that. So, Boba Fett's my number... My number... Or, I mean, we, we yeah. made the list together. Our combined number, number three. three. Um, so, yeah... Um, what do you mean to say? You know, he's my guy. Um, and even if the Mandalorian dethrones him in season two, if that's what they have happening, as long as there's like a justice, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't, I don't want it to just be whack for the masses. Um, but both, that's my favorite character. You go ahead and go number two. Number two, uh, if you haven't guessed it yet, you should be ashamed of yourself. Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. We haven't talked about him yet. Han Solo. He's obviously got to be on this list. Han Solo. That's me as Jabba if he could speak English. Uh, yeah, Han Solo. I mean, really, argue, I mean, I guess on this list, let's, he let's, would be above Chewbacca. But Let's go back to a statement I made about Jabba. Without Han, Luke oh, never dude. would have destroyed the first, first Death Star. Vader blows up Luke in a heartbeat, yeah. and that's it. And, and that's the Empire wins over. Pretty much forever. Yeah. I mean, they put all their pizza on the table, and the Empire would have ate their lunch. Yep. Along so, with Porkins. Porkins would have defected to have some of that pizza. He defects. <laughs> so there is pizza? <laughs> Listen, it's Vader, Luke didn't stop off at Sbarro. Uh, I'm, I'm on your team now. Switch hey, teams. Hey, so does this location have the triple stack McGriddle or just the regular one? Because I'm here for the triple stack. Um, yeah, Han Solo, legit question legendary. Legit McDonald's drive-thru, oh, and for we sure. have driven off if we did not get the appropriate answer. The which McDonald's is, yes, closest to me McGriddle. does not hold the triple stack McGriddle. And on my days off, such as today, I will pass that place up and go to one that does. Yeah, we ha- we keep a memory catalog of the McDonald's yeah. that do serve the triple stack McGriddle. For sure, for sure. I'm, gonna, I'm about to put in a petition. Hey guys, come on. Let's be inclusive. Hello. <laughs> Um, yeah, Han Solo. Really, at the end of the day, probably the best character on this list, but it's about our personal preferences, mm. and there's nothing you can do. Which takes us to number one. Perhaps. Perhaps. Which gives Grand away number Admiral one. If you Thrawn. haven't guessed it yet, we are the Chiss Ascendancy, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. come on, guys. Grand Admiral Thrawn is our combined number one. He's our combined number one. He's the champion of my heart. He is. He's the champ. He is the he best... He dominated it in a Savage Conquest. <laughs> he is the best... Um character to not be a main character right does that make sense yes um and he's the best character that also legends... he's a great character when he is the main character yeah he's the best character and the most transcendent character that uh legends material ever created um mm. you know darth bane's up there but he's been canonized and they butchered it and so um I think Darth Bane's transcendent. I think that his influence on the Star Wars galaxy is greater than Thrawn's. Right. But as a viewer, Thrawn, I mean, as a Star Wars fan in the real world, 
Thrawn kept it going for us in the 90s during that dead zone. Um, and Booker was flying that TV off the shelf. Dead zone? No. Um, but he is an amazing character. I can't wait. And he's so convincing yeah. that people were clamoring for him. And Lucasfilm has heard our cries yeah. and is ready to bring him into live action. I'm going to claim responsibility for that. We did it. Yeah, we did it. That's what we did. That's the whole reason of what we did. After he's on live screen, that's that's going to be our last episode, guys. And then we'll close it down. Yes, I mean. uh, I'm announcing my retirement. <laughs> I'm an MMA fighter. Uh, but, uh, dude, Thrawn, he's just the man. He is the chiss. You've heard us talk about it for literally hours. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Thrawn is number one in my heart. So, non-Force users, Thrawn takes the cake for us. He's so wise, and he's so smart, and he's so great at hand-to-hand combat that we've often thought, maybe he's got a tinge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Who knows? They talk about that in the book. There's absolutely 0% chance that yeah. he's Force-sensitive. But, uh, but that's how good he what's is. What's cool is that he does also still have an understanding of the Force um, because of... Because of the stuff, Skywalkers. Yeah, because of the Skywalkers. That, as they of call the Chiss origin. In the Chiyun language. Yep. So Thrawn's number one on our list. Um, just an amazing character. And he's one of those characters that I will... When I wanted to go back and look at the rivalry between Bosk and Boba Fett, so I read that book, um, it took me a while to persuade myself to go, I know it doesn't count, but it'll be cool to revisit and refresh my memory. I never have to talk myself into going back into Heir to the Empire. Not once. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just... It's just. Or honestly, uh, I have appreciated the transformation from extended universe into canon universe uh, of Thrawn. I think that journey has been the most successful to me. For sure. Um, they tra- Legends into canon? Yeah. Because, yeah. because Timothy Zahn still was at the helm... Well, think about this. He's able to reinvent the character and still keep him accurate. Palpatine came back to life in Legends, and people were cool with it. Mm -hmm. And then they wanted to do it for the movie, and everybody's been like, this is the dumbest idea, blah, blah, blah. That's one of the main points that people have against The Rise of Skywalker. But Thrawn came back, and I remember watching YouTube videos, reactions to the Rebels trailer, just from San Diego Comic-Con, or Star Wars Celebration, one of the two, where he says, to defeat an enemy, you must know them. And instantly, even though the voice was different from what we had heard of from previous audiobooks and stuff, people were like, oh, that's Thrawn. And I remember watching a video of a grown man crying when Thrawn was brought back. And he looks into the camera and goes, thank you. Because that's how important Thrawn is to yeah. the Star Wars community. So there you have it. Thrawn is our number one. Gotta love So him. our 20th episode, here's our top 20. Our favorites. If you have some that weren't on the list, I know uh, my buddy on Instagram, Fendor Moon, is going to be raging that we didn't include Nia Num. He was talked about, but he did not make our personal 20. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't make the so, all-time 20. But we even messed up. We even goofed. We remember Krennic halfway through the episode. Um, but I don't know if there's anybody on here that I would trade him for. Maybe Saw. Maybe Jar Jar. Um, Jar Jar for you for sure. I love Jar Jar. When they make a Black Series Jar Jar, I am going to be so excited. Um, I'll frame him for you. So, yeah, you heard it here first. Those are the 20 greatest non-Force users. I know there's obviously some huge Finn and Poe fans out there. And we like those characters, yeah. but they did Again, not make this to list. to reiterate, there are characters that we loved. Uh, that we, we had just, to limit it. We just it was loved our 20th episode. Less, you know yeah. what I mean? There you go. Every so, parent's got a favorite child. Make sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter now. Um, and then obviously if you're watching this on YouTube, you already know us about us. If you're watching us and you're not subscribing, come on, bro. What are you even doing? Uh, so check us out. Shout us out to your friends. Spread the love. And we'll see you guys next time. May the force be with you. And remember, the only family you have here is me. All right.
Sí, es negativo. Sí, ya. 